We are the MarketScale creator community, and these are our stories. Join us as we tell the stories of the bold creators that are challenging the status quo in the world of business media. This is the Creator's Manifesto, the podcast of the MarketScale creator community. Hello and welcome. This is the Creator's Manifesto, the official podcast of the Market Scale Creator Community. I am your host, James Preble. Thank you again for being with us here today. The Creator's Manifesto is a podcast that celebrates the talented individuals that are pushing B2B marketing forward. The filmmakers, artists, and marketers who are elevating the ways that businesses are engaging their communities. The dynamic creators around the globe who are behind the art that is elevating how business gets done. I am truly honored and excited to be joined by one of these very individuals today, Mr. David Spector. David is a Raleigh-area-based videographer and photographer. David has worked on numerous shoots for us here at MarketScale and our clients, and beyond that work is a tremendously talented artist in his own right. Joining us today from America's Research Triangle, I'm honored to introduce David Spector. David, thank you again for being here with us today. Thank you for the wonderful intro, and nice to be here. No, I, I feel uh, I am honored, uh, as always, but uh, we have worked on a lot of projects. and Even recently together, you and I have been conversating a lot about work and logistics and, uh, you know, getting these these shoots done uh, for some of our market scale clients. So uh, I think on a Friday afternoon, as we record this, this is uh, really fun to be connecting on a, on a lighter note. Yeah, definitely. Awesome. Awesome. So David, I want, we start every single episode of the creator's manifesto with, with the same question. And it's inspired by my colleague, Tyler Kern, who brought it up in the, on the very first episode of this podcast, we, we always start with what is your origin story as a creator, as a videographer and a photographer? And I cheated. I did a little bit of reading on your website, davidspectormedia.com. And you wrote, as a child, I assisted my father, a commercial artist and photographer, with shoots and developing images in the darkroom. I didn't truly come to appreciate photography, though, until about eight years ago when I shot with my first DSLR. So I love that story. I want to, you know, unpack it a little bit and hear it, hear about it from you. You, you know, there's this obviously runs in the family. So tell us about your journey into working as a professional videographer and photographer. Sure, I'd be happy to. So, uh, like story says, uh, my dad was a commercial artist, um, and he did a lot of drawing for a lot of clients. Um, and he also did a lot of video shoots, uh, uh, photo shoots, excuse me, for those clients. So, um, I was a kid. I was the one who helped hold the light and then help him develop the pictures in the dark room. Um, and over the years, he also drug me and my sister to probably every gallery in the tri-state area because I lived in Jersey at the time. So every art gallery in New York, New Jersey, we went to. Um, and I kicked and screamed the entire time. I didn't, I didn't appreciate it. Um, and then it's now about 16 years ago when I first moved down to North Carolina, I was working in IT 
I'm not very happy with it, but, um, and one of my colleagues, uh, bought a new camera and she was showing it to me. And I was like, I think I'm going to buy a camera. That's, I'm a gadget geek. So, you know, someone has a nice piece of tech. I want to have that same piece of tech. So I went and I down to the camera store, bought a used camera and heads over heels immediately just fell in love with it. Um, spent, you know, I'm most all self-taught. So I spent a lot of time practicing and, you know, honing my craft and, uh, with one of the photography clubs I was in, um, a newspaper photographer that's worked for many, many years, you know, came up to me and tell, told me some really nice stuff about my photography that, you know, and that helped fuel the fire to pursue it more. Um, so I just started shooting a lot of stuff, uh, landscapes, flowers, uh, you know, anything I can shoot, I did. And then about five years later, uh, another friend of mine was producing a short film. She said, could you come down and shoot all the behind the scenes photos of the film? I'm like, yeah, sure. I'd love to. And that got me hooked on the filmmaking part. So, um, after that, then I dove in and tried to learn everything I could about filmmaking and eventually bought a video camera and, you know, it goes on from there. So it, not quite a love at first side story, but, uh, you know, a reuniting with a first love sort of story with photography and videography. Yes. And, and I, I have to ask, when, when you made this career transition from working in corporate IT to working in photography and videography, uh, you know, w what was that conversation with your father? Did, was there a conversation with your father about that career transition? Yeah, actually, um, I don't want to get too dark here, but, um, you know, my dad was happy when I was just doing it as a hobby. And it's like, I'm glad you have a creative side, um, you know, and he was very proud of that. Um, but then, unfortunately, my mom passed away unexpectedly. And when we were down there, I was like talking to him and my sister. I said, you know what? Life's too short. I'm miserable in my job. And, you know, I'm going to do what I want to do for the rest of my life. And he's, he encouraged that. And Came back from the funeral and went to my boss's office and quit. Uh, well, I, I'm obviously I'm I'm so sorry to hear about your mother, regardless of how much time has passed between now and then. But uh, that you. is that is, you know, there are people that miss that message. So, uh, you know, thank you for sharing that with us. Of course. Now, on the photography note, again, I I cheated. I I was on uh, davidspectormedia.com and I was just captured by your photography of abandoned locations. Um, just really incredible stuff. And if you're listening to the podcast, go and check out davidspectormedia.com. These photos are truly incredible. But I think that I, I want to talk more about that because I think those, you know, in especially in American like folktale and lexicon, abandoned places are you know ever present in, in stories, and the exploring of those locales is something that I think has universal appeal, but so few people ever actually get to experience. 
And for good reason, right? There's some considerable physical dangers. You, you need to do quite a bit of research on the area, um, you know, before getting into it. But, but tell me about that experience because, you know, quite frankly, I'm jealous and I'd love to hear about it firsthand from someone who has done extensive exploring and documenting of these locations that were once, uh, you know, filled with people and now are empty and forgotten. Yeah, so that also goes back to when I was a kid, way before I was into photography. When I lived in New Jersey, there was an old jail and uh, insane asylum a couple of miles from my house. Um, and it was closed down and abandoned for a while. Me and my friends one night decided to hop the fence and go in there and, you know, late at night and go explore that place. And I mean, this, there was literally stray jackets, rubber, you know, padded rooms and all that. And I think I just found that it was creepy, scary, but exciting at the same time. Um, and then once I got into photography, another friend of mine who was really big into urbexing invited me along and we always just, we started driving around looking for places like what would be cool to explore. And then, you know, we find a list and then it's like, all right, when's the light going to be good? We'll go back here at this time. Um, and we called it like trespassing with friends. <laughs> we wouldn't actually break into any buildings, but if there was a hole in the fence or open window or door, we'd walk in. Um, and spend some time there just going around and seeing what captures. I really love the textures. Um, that's one of my favorite parts because pe peeling paint, um, on a lot of stuff, just stuff starting to fall apart, nature taking over. I think it's just so much, you know, that brings me joy to photograph these old places and try to tell a story of once was, once was. Yeah, it's, it's, there's, there's such striking images. And I think it's what really moves me about them is that a lot of these locations, there's so much life still happening around them, but within them, they're, they're empty. They have been for ages. And it always just kind of, you know, I think blows my mind that we're passing by what are these, you know, kind of, unknown monuments, if you will, to the past on a daily basis very often. Yeah, I've, we've gone through, I've gone to many like abandoned houses where all the clothes are still on the hangers and the closets. There's toys on the ground and you always wonder what made them just leave and leave everything with them, that everything there with, you know, in the house. And, you know, that's what I really intrigues me is like, what was it that happened that they had to leave that quickly? And and so c compare and contrast that. <clears throat> excuse me the 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 exploring of and photography of abandoned places with with your other passion, which is light art. Because I can't think of any two, uh, you know, almost different. Yes, they're both photography, but in one in one instance, you are capturing just pure natural happenings, and you're really subject to the light that is in those locations when you're in those abandoned locations. And especially with, you know, the, the physical challenge of getting into these locations, you're not going to be dragging lights into an abandoned house or an abandoned hospital, obviously. But then on the other hand, you also shoot these beautiful uh, light art creations that are bright and you know, alive almost. It, it feels like the picture is moving, even though it's a still image. And I know that that's part of creating that light art how do you how, how do you switch gears almost or or 
you're so profoundly talented in both. I'm just curious of the connection there. Yeah, that was uh, another photographer friend of mine. That was like his specialty, what he did. And I saw his pictures and was fascinated by it. I was like, you got to teach me. You know, this is something that's just so cool. Um, so he went out went out with him one night and he showed me the ropes and, you know, how to spin steel wool into a ball and, um, you know, and then use these uh, images on the, that you program into a little computer and it programs the light and you just walk down and let the camera record the image. Um, and I just found it really fascinating. And I, I don't want to be in like one stuck in one thing. Like, all I shoot is this. I'd like to be very varied. Um, in what I shoot. And I just found the whole process of creating light painting, you know, just fascinating. Yeah, and, and did the lessons you learned kind of on lighting, at least were they, were they transferable to, to light art from, a, from taking photos of abandoned places or was it just, it's a completely different animal. I yeah. mean, when you're going, I mean, some of these places we go, we're in pitch black tunnels, uh, some of the pictures that you saw on the round that was all around that was underground, like a old water tunnel under one of the main roads here in Raleigh. But it's pitch black, so all you bring is the lights that you're creating with. So when you're not doing anything, it's pitch black. So it's you know, turn on the flashlight, kind of set up the idea what what you want to do, and then turn it off, open up the shutter, and set for a long exposure, and just you know, create and then see what you got when you're done. That's, that's awesome. That's awesome. So what is your, what is the, your most memorable or your favorite abandoned place that you have explored and documented? Um, I would say it's a Trans-Allegheny Lunatic Asylum in West Virginia. Me and a couple of friends, we took a vacation there actually to go up there. Um, it's always been abandoned for a while, but it's maintained. Um, and we were able to get a private tour. So five of us for the whole day in there and explore all the buildings and just the history of what went on. Some of the first lobotomies went on there and, you know, you can, you can almost feel, you know, the history when you're walking in the halls there. Um, and to be able to spend the whole day there basically by ourselves with no tours and nothing going on was just a great experience. I, I'm, I'm glad you did it, because I'll be honest, David, uh, exploring a notorious uh, abandoned asylum does not sound like my idea of a relaxing vacation, but <laughs> I suppose, uh, you know, I, if, it, if it fuels that, that artistic passion, I'm all for it, but uh, I, maybe I'd do it with friends, uh, many friends. I don't, I don't know that I would do well, do well in a location like that uh, with just a few folks. I'd be jittery for sure. Yeah, they did say that there's a ghost that wanders the hallway, but I, you know, I just sang the Ghostbusters theme all day in my head. <laughs> <laughs> ah, that's that's funny. That's funny. And so, moving from the the art that you make for passion, something that we talk about a lot on this show as well is is what I call the art of marketing. How we take uh, you know, my my joy, what makes my job so special is that I work and I get to get be amazed every day working with individuals like yourself who are so talented and what you all 
produce for our clients and how you bring your your personal talents to this professional work. And so when we are talking about the shoots that we are doing for business purposes, how does the art that you make you come into effect there, come into play? Is it just from a technical standpoint? Is it um, you know, a, a consistent drive to elevate and make something even more impressive than the last time before. Tell me a little bit about when, when art becomes work or at least business focused, how, how you take in your talents and apply those to these more directed situations, if you will. Yeah. Um, it's a good question because, you know, I started everything out just doing personal work for myself. And then I started breaking into doing the corporate scene. I did a couple of weddings, which I was not a fan of shooting weddings, but, um, <laughs> but I did a couple of corporate things. I did, you know, my first few jobs for free just to get my name out there. Um, and then I started, you know, getting word of mouth and, you know, was able to start really getting into the corporate space. Um, but I think to separate, you know, I take a lot from what I learned in my personal journey and apply that into the, you know, the corporate work. And I'm always striving to learn more. You know, I don't think you're ever done learning. You always, there's always something new you don't know. Um, and going to YouTube university, watching a lot of other filmmakers and learning about other techniques, you know, has really helped fuel my fire to constantly improve and do better each time I go out. And I feel like that's, a consistent theme for everyone that I talk to within the creative community is that the the gatekeeping and the willingness to share that knowledge to uh, that you have to make other people's work better is is tremendous and and so positive to hear because it's something that you frankly you rarely experience. People like to keep skills that they have, you know, kind of close to the chest at times, and so. Uh, I always enjoy, I think it has made my ability to help produce media better from all the advice that I've received from from talented creative individuals that I've worked with uh, on, on them helping me and assisting me and being willing to teach me on what good media looks like. Yeah, I... I was initially, you know, a couple of people that, you know, were kind of my mentors and helping along my film, film and photography journey. And, you know, I don't want to be, I want to pass on what I've learned to other people, you know, and I think it's always good to be sharing, you know, this is not a competition. You know, we're all trying to strive to be better. There's plenty of work out for everyone. Um, so if I learn something cool, I am happy to teach it to somebody else or someone else I work with has this technique they know that I wasn't aware of and they teach it with me. So it's, it's all about sharing. And another thing I want to ask you about that is, is really unique to your talents and I think is a very special creative insight. Um, you not only produce this media for us, the, the actual filming, uh, whether it be videography or photography, uh, for a lot of the shoots that we do, but you also edit a lot of the work that you yourself shoot um, as well. And that is, uh, you know, that's a really, I mean, A, that speaks to your, your, your talents. And then B, talk to me about kind of being able to see 
the entirety of that process from actually being the person that put that footage on film to going then and editing it so that it's something that people watch and are engaged and locked in on. Does that, is that the results of, you know, being raised uh, by a photographer in the era of film photography and, uh, you know, those hours spent in the dark room? Is it, is it, you know, kind of just a sense of ownership over the uh, start to finish of the artistic process. But I, I think it's a great insight. I'd love if you'd, you'd share kind of that process and, and what it's like. Sure. I think it's more like a sense of ownership because um, I've been editing for you guys and I edit other people's videos now. So I'm kind of working with with everybody here at Marcus Scale. But I love to sh edit what I shoot because... When I'm shooting it, I already have an idea of the story that the client wants after talking with them, and I kind of shoot for the edit. So, you know, after knowing what they want, they want, you know, then I kind of shoot. It's like, all right, I'm already planning the edit out in my head and thinking of how, you know, this would go together. So when I shoot that, when I go into the edit bay, that I have a really good understanding of just how I'm going to put it together. That's 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 awesome. That's being able to. I, I think that that's a, frankly, I, I'm admitting this from a personal standpoint, being able to see the end in the beginning is is a trait that a lot, a lot of people don't have. And, uh, you know, there's not necessarily anything wrong with handing off something very polished uh, to the person who's the expert on the next. But I think that's a, a credit to your skills that you're able to really be the same person that uh, is handing off what they created. Yeah, uh, last year I had an amazing opportunity to shoot a feature-length documentary. Um, I was a DP on it and then was became the editor on it too. So that was a six-month-long project. Um, but that was also a very good learning experience. And, you know, a month worth of shooting, you know, terabytes and terabytes of footage that I had to go through and and put together and edit. So it was it was a great process to instead of doing something corporate to tell a real, you know, story in a documentary style. What was what was the documentary called? Uh, it's called The Promise of My Environment, and hopefully it'll be out somewhere soon. It's being shopped, so. Well, tremendous! Congratulations. I will I will keep an eye out for it. Uh, I think there's a comment you made there that I think lends itself well to we we always start and finish. The creators manifesto with the two same, uh, with the same questions each time, and you mentioned terabytes upon terabytes of data, and I think um, unless you are actually familiar with the with the videography process of a you know full scale camera, how much footage, what we're talking about from an overwhelming amount of data. You know, people just kind of assume that they're these nice, clean files like the things that we shoot on our iPhones and, and easy to find and easy to go through. But they're they're libraries, libraries within each single film that is that is put uh, that a camera has captured. Tell me a little bit about you know your personal creator's manifesto, which in my mind is what keeps that creative drive going and you know, makes that going through those terabytes of data a labor of love rather than 
arduous work. What is David Spector's personal creator's manifesto? That's a good question. Um, I think I'm, like I said before, always striving to improve, and I want my next piece that I put out there to be better than the previous piece. I'm always striving to, even if it's just a little bit better, I always strive to make that bar better. Um, so I think my manifesto is always trying to improve, always trying to expand my craft, um, excuse me, and just, you know, it's, it's my passion to be better every time. You know, I sometimes, yeah, you know, it, you run in the roadblocks and creativity blocks. It happens to everybody. Um, but sometimes just stepping away for, for a little bit and then coming back to it, get a fresh start. And, you know, that documentary was, you know, probably a couple hundred hours worth of footage I had to go through to knock down into like, you know, low over an hour. Yeah. And, th and, th and that's my point exactly, right? I, I think that. You know, people might think you've got three hours of footage for for one hour, but but in it's it's one hundred, right? And that's what makes uh, a beautiful film. And so that that drive to to always the, those incremental increases add up. And so I appreciate you sharing that with me, uh, David. Sure. Perfect. Well, David, I want to thank you again so much for joining us today and for your insights into the videography process, what elevates the incredible media that you help us create for our clients here at Market Scale. If you are interested in having this beautiful, engaging media created for your organization or your own branded podcast series similar to the Creator's Manifesto, do check us out at marketscale.com and also check out davidspectormedia.com uh, if you are in need of photography uh, in the uh, North Carolina, South Carolina area or really anywhere along the East Coast. And David, thank you so much again for your time today. I truly appreciate it. Um, I can say with, uh, with confidence and a lot of uh, happiness that you are a part of our team that we see that beautiful media that you get to create for our clients on a constant basis. So I can't thank you enough. And I can't thank you enough for joining us today. Well, thank you. I'm honored. And it's a pleasure to be on this podcast with you and uh, share, be able to share my uh, journey. All right. Thank you again. This is the Creators Manifesto, the official podcast of the Market Scale Creators community. I'm your host, James Preble. And once again, thank you for joining us, folks.